DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller's Subaru. Time to talk college football right now. David Nixon stopping by for his weekly visit. BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. David, good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Trying to make sense of a game that uh, normally I would have ignored and doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe you can help. Listen, it's game week. Let's go. Okay, uh, so... You, as, as of today, as of Wednesday, BYU is going to play this week. Uh, something can change. <laughs> Definitely in the meantime, hopefully not. But uh, it's game week, so I'm pumped. I don't care who they're playing. It's game week. So it's Troy, and Troy smoked Middle Tennessee State. But Middle Tennessee State also got smoked by Army, 42 to nothing. So they're giving up like 45 points a game, so I don't know what to make of that. Navy looked better in their second game, although not until halftime. They got behind 24 to nothing and then rallied to win. So I assume BYU is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage against Troy. Have you seen anything in these games that would enable you to figure that out and give me a definitive answer on whether I'm right or wrong? Yeah, listen, this is what you do when you play teams like Troy and and non-P5s and frankly not even G5s, really. uh, You you tend to have the advantage there in the trenches, right? Offensive line, defensive line, they they should be able to push uh, those teams around. Where BYU kind of, it's a little bit of a mismatch against a team like Troy. Troy's got athletes all over the field. I mean, you look at the wide receiver position, the DB position. um, A lot of these guys are guys that couldn't qualify for the Auburns and Alabamas and things like that, so they had to settle with going to kind of a smaller college uh, that has easier uh, uh, acceptance rates. And so that's where I think BYU sometimes struggles with these type of teams because they've got team speed. Uh, They don't necessarily have team size, uh, like I said, down the trenches. But um, it'll it'll be interesting. And this is what Troy likes to do. If you watch the film, you watch the LTC State game, they love to air it out. They like like to go five wides, four wides, and, uh, and air it out and try to test you. So um, BYU better be up to the task. I mean, it's, it's a completely different game plan than what BYU saw against Navy as far as defensively. Uh, BYU opted to go with a 3-4 defense and shut down the triple option. Now you got to shift back to your base defense, which BYU is going to that 4-2-5 this year, and play more DBs and get ready to have a lot more nickel and uh, be able to, to defend against the kind of air raid, if you will. So, um, yeah, very interesting matchup. And I think this will show a lot of fans where BYU is at because this is a team that, you know, they've, they've had some upsets in their past against um, FBS teams, and so uh, BYU's got to be prepared because it's one of those teams that can come up and sneak up on you. Yeah, you know, when you score 55 points and you're not doing it in any fluke manner, I don't think of looking back, I don't know that there was any special team scores or defensive scores. It was basically the offense just shoving the ball down Navy's throat. That's going to get a lot of the attention. But on the same flip side, if you're only giving up three, that's impressive too, but it didn't seem like BYU's defense was the story of the game. It was more about the offense and up front and how they had the running backs averaging, uh, what, 15, 16, 17 yards between the top two. So I wanted to focus on defense. Now, um, for the life of me, David, if you would have told me that I spent a Saturday watching Troy football on television, I would have told you you were nuts. But nevertheless, that's what I did because I don't didn't know a whole lot about Troy, and I wanted to get educated, so the game was on television and we don't have a big uh, plethora of games to choose from. Obviously, we didn't last week. So I came away thinking this team, 
offensively doesn't seem that bad and will be able to give BYU more of a test. So I'm really intrigued to just see how good is this BYU defense. Do you have any insight in terms of how good they really are? Well, I'll say this. Uh, you know, when you talk about the defense specifically, this linebacker core, I may mention this last week, I think this is the best linebacker core BYU's had in, in probably a decade, frankly. I think here and there BYU's had uh, standout linebackers like Calvin Noy and Fred Warner, guys who really pop. But as a collective unit, uh, this linebacker core, it's, it's solid top to bottom. And, and the thing is, because of injuries last year that BYU had uh, with the linebacking unit, then you had a lot of young guys, Max Tooley, Peyton Wilgar, starting as freshmen that got a lot of game reps. And so now those guys came back off injury, and now you've got this whole linebacker room that's got awesome experience and, and it's uh, got guys that play in games. And so that's where th- this this linebacker unit specifically is, is very experienced and, and very impressive. Now you go to the secondary in the same type of deal. You had Zane Anderson, who was out last year, Troy Warner, who was out last year. Next, you know, you bring them back in along with the young guys that had to play uh, because they were out, and that has experience as well. And so this, this defensive unit, I, I think they're the real deal. And, and I, I honestly think this is one of the best defenses Colony has had, and so it's kind of important that it hits during the year of COVID when you can't really, you know, show and demonstrate how good your team is. Uh, but, I, I, you know, this week will be a great test. Like I said, Troy's going to try and air it out more, so they'll definitely test the secondary and the linebackers, and we'll see if they're up to the test. But – like I said, completely different type of game plans, and it'll be interesting to see, yeah, is BYU the real deal? I think everyone's still asking themselves that, right? You, you, you thought maybe, uh, but, you know, can they, really, uh, can they really go put together back-to-back impressive performances? We'll see. Former Cougar linebacker David Nixon join us, BYU TV football analyst. So I'm curious if all this uh, athletic ability you're talking about, does it leave you worried about special teams? Do you expect big plays there? So, yeah, obviously these type of teams have great return, you know, punt returners and, and kickoff returners. It doesn't worry me too much. BYU prides themselves in special teams. Ed Lamb does a great job of coaching those guys up. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think they're fine in that aspect of the game. Uh, you know, BYU didn't have a lot of chances to punt <laughs> last game. We know that, uh, that you know, our BYU special teams is, is pretty solid in that arena. So uh, Jake Olroy did kicker and, and, uh, and things like that. So I think – we're excited to see more of a standard game, probably a little more back and forth versus just the BYU offense being on the field the whole game and defense shut them out, you know, three and out every time. So um, I, I think it should be a good game. I think BYU still wins this one by double digits, uh, but, but I think it'll be more of a test than we saw uh, against Navy. So you speak of those linebackers. It reminds me of a conversation I had long, long time ago. Elaine Michaelis, who was a legend at BYU Volleyball, she coached like 40 years, and she told me, I said, you know, we're talking about success of, of your program, and they, they've had a really good program for a number of years. And she said, well, obviously it's the talent. And she said uh, that in the LDS culture, for whatever reason, we produce pretty doggone good women's volleyball players. So we should always be good. Uh, there might be some other sports where it's a little more difficult, uh, but in volleyball, we, we've got an assembly line of talent. And now I'm starting to think that if you go back 
over what, last 15, 20 years, you could say the same thing about linebacking core. You included. You were a stud when you played. The biggest tackle in Bronco all history down there at uh, TCU. You turned around that program with that sack. I'll never forget that. I was there. Uh, and you guys went on to win that game, and I think that was a turning point in Broncos' program. What is it about the linebacking core at BYU? Because it seems like just about every year you got studs. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I know while, while we were there and kind of shortly thereafter, we, we like to say we're linebacker U because it seemed yeah. to be that was the strongest unit on the defense for, for years, and it's kind of manifesting itself now. I, I don't know if you can put your finger on one thing. I will say this. It has been interesting I think when Kalani came to BYU, everyone thought that he'd be able to go out and recruit uh, the big Polynesian defensive lineman, and, and BYU would have the same type of defensive lineman uh, or defensive line that Utah has had in years past. But that really hasn't been the case. Uh, you know, look at BYU's defensive line. Even this year's spread pretty thin. You've got some good stars in Lorenzo Faltea and Kyrus Tonga, uh, but it just hasn't been the case where that's been the strongest unit on the defense. I think it continues to be that linebacker core. And I think Kalani and, and Elisa Tuiaki realize that, and that's what they're going out, and that's who they're trying to recruit right now are, are fast, strong backers. Um, but you also look at it, you know, the, the, the game's changing. And, and we talked about this. Uh, I was actually talking to Taysom about this with even the pro level. Uh, Chase Hansen, you know, made, made the Saints squad, um, at least as of a couple weeks ago. And, and same type of deal. He's a smaller, undersized backer, uh, but it's all changing to pure speed. And, and guys can get out and run and cover. And you've seen that with BYU. You've got, you've got uh, Isaiah uh, Kapusi who can get out there and cover. You've got Max Tooley. Um, and, you know, Peyton Wilgar's a little bigger, but you've got to have guys that can, that can also come up and force to run, but that can drop into coverage. And, and that's what BYU's gone with and, and kind of pride themselves off of. And, frankly, that's kind of how it was in my day with myself and Keel um, and, of course, Kyle Vanoy and Fred and, and all those guys. So it, it is interesting to watch it kind of come to uh, – come to fruition with with the whole linebacker unit but uh it's it's uh you know it's, it's fun to watch and frankly i think this year the, once again the linebacker unit kind of leads that whole defense room so another position group that byu was good at for a long time they were good at it until they weren't but now they're good at it again is offensive line do you see among the young guys a chance that as these guys go off to the NFL, you know, probably sooner or not later, do you think they're going to be able to sustain what we've seen on the offensive line? You know, they're, they've got something special going on in that room. I mean, and this might be, I mean, it's no no secret, this might be the best offensive line unit they've had there in decades, you know, in 10, 20 years as well. I mean, as a collective unit. Once again, in, in the past years, you've had big guys, uh, big names there on the offensive line, but uh, you, you look at Brady Christensen, you look at Impey, uh, Hodge. I mean, this, this, this whole offensive line is just impressive. And, and not only that, but you've got depth to come for years as well. And, and, and to your point, these are kids, Brady Christensen, uh, Impey, these guys were having to start as freshmen and sophomores because the cover was kind of bare, to be honest. Uh, but now that they're upperclassmen, uh, they're going out there and, and balling out. But then what that allows is it allows the freshmen and sophomores that are incoming and, and that, that allows them to kind of grow up in the program and you don't have to be thrust into starting immediately and go through those growing pains. And so that's when you know you have a solid program is when, I mean, if, if you're starting two or three freshmen, that's not a great sign of, of where you're at with your, your position group, right? Uh, you want to be starting all juniors and seniors. You want those freshmen and sophomores to get some time and kind of garbage time, if you will. Uh, but then you want them to kind of grow and develop, and then when they're upper class in the last couple of years, they start. 
Uh, and so BYU is at a point where they had to start freshman sophomores, but now uh, they're growing that talent and, and coach them up. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that up at the line rooms continues just to replenish what they've got going uh, because they've got something special going there. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, when you go back and watch that Navy game, it was just, once again, I don't know if it was because Navy wasn't tackling and things like that. We've heard those excuses, but uh, you know, tackling during fall camp, but it was just complete dominance. I mean, BYU's offensive line were five, six yards down the field uh, before they even touched somebody because there was such a surge and such a push from, from that, that off the line. So, uh, they'll get a test this week with Troy. I, I, Troy's not going to lay down like like Navy did, um, and so I'm interested to see if they continue to push. But when you when you've got and, and uh, um, PK you alluded to it earlier, when you've got two backs, Tyler Algier averaged nine yards per carry, and Lapini Cattell averaged eight yards per carry. And so when you got two backs in that in that type of range, you know that it's more up to the offensive line that's creating that surge than really the backs themselves. So this is something you did approximately 25 times in college. And what I'm speaking of is home games. And you came down that ramp, and the stadium was electric, and it's just a great moment. I think that uh, it's having been in NFL and been in many, many college stadiums over the years, I think it's more special in college to come down. In your case, it's literally coming down a ramp, and you're running out on that sideline, Crowds going nuts, uh, and just must be just a, just a full of adrenaline. Not going to have that now because there's going to be nobody there. It's going to be crazy. How different do you think it's going to be? It sucks. It absolutely sucks. I mean, listen, in football, it's pure entertainment, right? You're you're in the you're in the entertainment uh, world, and and you're trying to go out there and, and perform for your family, for your friends, your classmates, uh, for all the fans, and you know, to have the hope that you'd be able to play in front of only 6,000, which is a lot, but it's still something, to all of a sudden get that taken away yesterday, um, it's, it, it sucks. And, uh, you know, for BYU, the good thing is that they've already done this against Navy, right? Navy didn't have any fans, so it's not going to be something new per se. But it is a little bit of adjustment because I think they all thought that they would obviously be playing in front of 6,000 fans and, and into reverse course is, is tough. Uh, you saw Lorenzo Fautea's uh, tweet yesterday uh, mentioning that it, it sucks because he wants to play in front of his mom and his dad, right? And I get it. I totally get it. And and as you allude to, PK, uh, um, playing at home is, is special, especially at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, during our years, we're selling out that stadium and 64,000 people screaming and yelling. I mean, it was it was awesome. And and to not have that opportunity, especially for some of these guys that are seniors, it's a, it's a huge bummer. So hopefully they can – you know, can get stuff under control and, and go back to, I guess, yellow it is that would allow fans to get back in there. But um, meantime, the next two games, it's, it's, it's a bummer. Because that's, you know, the thing with football, too, is football, you only get six home games. This year might be different. We'll see what Tom Hummel puts together. But as of now, you get six home games, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's not like basketball where you have, you know, what, 15, 20? Um, yeah. You only have so many home games, and, and, and like you said, throughout your whole career, you only have call it twenty-four. Uh, each one special, and it's not to have fans is man, it's a huge blow. It's unfortunate. So the team has to create their own energy and excitement. So are you working with uh, Kalani, scripting some dance moves, giving them all your expertise? <laughs> yeah. Listen, if you watch Kalani on the sideline, I don't think they need much help in trying to get their own energy going. I think Kalani's uh, got it figured out from that Navy game. Uh, but listen. The, the team energy happens through the play on the field, right? I mean, I think that the, the BYU was able to sustain that energy throughout the game because they're absolutely dominating. 
Um, the question is, can you sustain some energy when things go bad? When you do throw an interception, there's a turnover, uh, or you've got some three and outs, and, and your defense is sucking wind, or whatever it may be. Who's going to step up on the team to create that energy? Uh, and, and a lot of that, like I said, comes through turnovers or making big plays. And so knowing that, uh, playing at home, you got to come ready, prepared, that somebody's got to step up and be that guy to, to create that energy because – uh, man, it's it's. I, I've never played in an empty stadium, so I, I don't know what it feels like. But I got to imagine it's very tough, and and uh, it's just a it's just a it's got to be a weird feeling. Of course, we played in scrimmages, but heck, even scrimmages, you know, we'd have fans there for for during uh, spring ball, you know. So it's just going to be a it's going to be a weird deal. I'll actually be there at the stadium uh, with the BYU TV crew. We'll do our pre and post game show there. And so uh, I'm interested to really see how what the environment's like. I mean, in the Navy game, you guys recall, you could hear all the checks. The players could hear themselves um, out there, and you could hear even coaches yelling. It was just just a kind of a weird, eerie type feel. But uh, I mean, that's the world we live in right now with COVID. So you'll be broadcasting like normal for for BYU television, doing what you do, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. So we have our set down there in the southwest corner of the end zone. Um, yeah. and, and so we'll broadcast the pre- and post-game show. And then we're still trying to figure out where we go sit during the game, if we're allowed to go sit in the stands because nobody's there or whether we're going to be quarantined to a, to a certain section. They're trying to figure all that out right now, given the current news. So, so uh, here's what I want then. When BYU scores, I want you to grab the Y flag and run around the field. Yeah, I've been talking to Cosmo. Well, we're going to figure out. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll relieve him. I'll relieve him on the uh, north end zone. I'll, I'll run the I'll run the whole way south. How about that? So, yeah, poor K. Hey, we haven't talked about Cosmo. Poor Cosmo. I mean, he's just going to be running around there by himself, doing the doing the way to himself. I mean, yeah. Think about Cosmo and this whole thing too. That guy. That guy's waited his whole life to go out there and do his backflips all over the field. There's no. There's going to be nobody there to watch him. I mean, that's unfortunate. Well, that's why too. you're you're going to be there. This is your chance, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. A little too old for a backflip, I think. Hey, Cosmo just needs a TV timeout to go nuts at the 20-yard line, and then that's YouTube, that's social media, Cosmo for the win. <laughs> Get some solo dance uh, routines out there by himself. No cougarettes, just, just Cosmo on the 50. I like it. Is it handsprings, backflips, somersaults? It'd just be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. David, we appreciate you stopping by. Enjoy the game. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys.